Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murph, underneath the knee, Going up over Bell, fall away! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another NBA playoff preview for the 2023 NBA playoffs. This one, the Western Conference Finals. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod, and subscribe to the YouTube channel for all things LA basketball and I guess NBA history. And I go live every single night of the playoffs. Joining me, two local content creators. I love bringing on diehard fans um, for the local teams. Raj representing the Lakers, Swiper representing the Nuggets. Um, let's give me, let's hear some introductions. This is the first time you guys are on the show. Like, let people know what you do. I guess you're, you know, how your fandom started. Let's start with Swiper since you're the guest, since this is LA channel. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Um, I've been a Denver sports supporter since I was a kid, lifelong. Uh, Robert Pack, Nick Van Exel, Antonio McDice days. Uh, man, then. I've been doing a lot of public speaking for a long time. I started the Swipe Cam platform in December 2020. Just wanted to talk sports and culture and life. And, you know, just talk about things that are happening in the NBA and the NFL and stuff at large. And, yeah, man, here we go. Uh, two and a half years later, man, we're just moving and growing, bro. So I'm excited. I love getting a chance to do stuff like this. It's one of my favorite things to do. So shout out to y'all. Appreciate that, man. And, yeah, dude, it's awesome to have somebody from actually from Colorado because – I don't know. I don't see too many of them on the, on the timeline and stuff and content creators. So I really like that. Uh, Raj, give us your introduction. A lot of my subscribers already know who you are since I have so many Laker fans um, that subscribe to me. Yeah, for sure. Obviously a fan of your page. Um, my name is Raj. Uh, I cover the Lakers. Been doing it for like about two to three years now. Seriously. Um, just started on Twitter, as I think most of us did, just like live tweeting the game and a little bit of a following came here and there. And uh, yeah, I do the podcast on Blue Wire, the Lakers Lounge do live watches on playback as well. And then um, was working with SB Nation as well um, on, on silver screen and roll. But uh, yeah, excited, man. Uh, me and Swipe can be friends today, but tomorrow the war starts. So um, excited to have have some, uh, have some fun basketball conversations. <laughs> and you're from out here as well, right? Like you grew up. Like yeah. 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 I grew up in, I grew up in LA. I'm out in the IE, you know where that mm -hmm. is. A lot yeah. of, I'm sure a lot of East coast people don't know, but yeah, IE is like about 40 minutes up, but uh, yeah, it's absolutely local. So let's get right into it. Obviously, this is a rematch from the bubble conference finals. And if you want to go further back, I mean, this is the second time, no, third time I've seen the Lakers and the Nuggets play each other in the conference finals. Mm -hmm. 09, obviously, was such an iconic series for a lot of, you mm -hmm. know, 2000s, people that watched basketball in the 2000s and for Nuggets fans especially. Let's start with Swiper, man. Why are you guys going to win this series? I know it's been, I mean, the number one seed. This is, feels like your year. And why is it so much different than 2020 as well? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, one of the first things is I think that the Nuggets have never been in a position to where they've been able to say they could have the best player in a series. 
uh, versus the Lakers in 85. It was Kareem and Magic. And Alex English wasn't in that series. That wasn't happening. Uh, and then in 2009, as good as Carmelo was at that at that point in time in his career, he wasn't Kobe Bryant. You know, then they were loaded. Andrew Bynum, Ron Artest, and Lamar Odom. They, they were Derek Fisher. They were great. Um, and then 2020, you know, Jokic was like, just got first team all NBA the year before was second team all NBA that year. He wasn't like MVP, like one of the best players ever Jokic yet. Right. We didn't even, I, I mean, honestly didn't even, he had finished the year before fourth on the MVP voting in 2018, 19. I think he was seventh in 2019, 20. I hadn't even at the time thought that he was going to win an MVP award until like December of 28th of 2020, when he had like this 18 assist triple double versus the Houston Rockets. So like, Never at any point in time have the Nuggets had an argument for the best player in the world in a series versus the Lakers, let alone with LeBron James and Anthony Davidson. And so that the roster is the most full it's ever been. It's the best two-way roster they've had. They got the number one offense in the left in the playoff. They have the number four defense in the playoffs. They have just been able to execute. They're a very good half-court scoring team, a very good transition team. They're bad defensively when it comes to their transition, but they also they uh, allow the fewest amount of turnovers in the playoffs as well. So there's a lot of different things, man. The team been playing together. The core three have been together since 2018. Michael Malone has been there since 2014-15, basically. So it's just a lot of cohesion. They know each other really well. And this year, because of all the injuries they've had, they knew that this year meant a lot and they were committed to being the best team they could be. And they have just been able to buy into an identity and to a purpose. Every person in their rotation, y'all was in training camp with them last year, which is not something you can say for a lot of teams. So I think all of that kind of led them to this point. Wow. That was, that was a great breakdown. I mean, you make some great points about the continuity, the maturation of your best players and, and an improved supporting cast. Raj, what do you think about your chances? I, this is the first time where you can kind of consider the Lakers an underdog in ways against the Nuggets. But yeah. there are a lot of people out there that still believe in the experience, the championship pedigree of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Why do you think the Lakers are going to get the W in this series, winning their third series as a lower seed in a row? And what makes this Laker team different than the 2020 team? Yeah, so definitely just comparing it to 2020. And that series, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, that was a lot tougher than people remember. I mean, people remember it, you know, going out in five. The Lakers went five, five, five until they, you know, went six with Miami. But Jokic was held during that time. Uh, Bubble Murray, which obviously has got extended to different ways, used against somehow Jamal Murray in ways. But like that Bubble Murray, Jamal Murray, you know, in the playoffs, trying to guard him. Um, MPJ versus Kuzma had their little battle there. So like these, both of these teams are different to me obviously Denver having those three still from that from that playoffs and then on uh, the Lakers really just with LeBron and AD since 2020 and the way this team plays is entirely different they ran through their guards during that whole playoffs um the Lakers only had one guy score 20 points through their playoff run and that was Rajon Rondo other than LeBron and AD in this series you've already had Austin Reeves D'Angelo Russell like we have a bunch of other guards D Dennis Schroeder have gone over 20 and this is a team that's kind of like Early in the year, it was kind of discussed, this is going to be a team built around Anthony Davis. And I always said, like, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. LeBron James is still on the roster. But this is kind of what that looks like. We're very ball screen heavy. We are built around the screening game of AD and then his defense, to me, is what's made this Laker team. It's why they are where they are. Like, they, they would not be here without AD's ability to defend. He took out Memphis. 
Steph Curry and the Warriors had to adjust three times their starting lineup just to adjust to him. And this is the biggest test. Obviously, Jokic is the back-to-back MVP. He's been the best player, I believe, in the playoffs so far. Um, and that matchup is going to be crucial. And we'll see how much they actually guard each other. I think the Lakers are going to try to get, you know, uh, Anthony Davis to be able to to be able to roam and put him on Aaron Gordon. But to me, it's the defense. That's the number one thing uh, for this team. And, like, their advantage really to me is that they're still kind of new. Like, not only are they hard to scout, like, they probably don't know themselves. They're going to each series, like, finding new lineups. Rui Hachimura had the first round against Memphis, right? And, like, we have all these guys that step up in different ways. Dennis Schroeder started for Jared Vanderbilt in the final game six against the Warriors. And this is a team that's starting to find themselves. And LeBron hasn't even really peaked yet. He scored 30, I believe, once in this playoff so far. And uh, we're going to need him, obviously, to score in this series. But I think, like, LeBron's never really lost in the conference finals. And he's eight wins away from a title. Like, I'm like he's probably the best player ever that smells blood in the conference finals. Like, when he's close enough at this stage, I just have a hard time seeing him lose. Um, but this is going to be a tough series for sure. And I'm excited to get, you know, to, to get it started. But yeah, I think, you know, I think both these teams are pretty evenly matched. Like I, I have, it can go either way to me. Yeah. Le- you have to go back to 2010 for the last time LeBron lost in the conference finals to the Boston Celtics. Right. Um, it's been a minute, but okay. So first question, I guess I apologize that I'm going back to Raj here, but how do you guard the Nuggets pick and rolls with Yo- Jokic and Murray? This is the biggest yeah troublesome thing for every single coach i mean I, I haven't found a solution what do you think especially with i mean anthony davis blows up so many pick and rolls we saw him in that high drop a lot against steph curry which you kind of have to honor jamal murray as well but you know if the ball gets to Jokic in that short roll it's one thing to have draymond making those reads but a guy like Jokic who can kill you with his scoring as well and then you have big wings cutting to the basket with gordon and, and michael porter jr um so h- how would you even try to defend it yeah, so, like, Jokic to me is in that Steph, you know, Luka, like, those tier where you're never going to stop them entirely. Like, whatever poison you take is still poison, right? You just want to make that, to me, the pick-and-roll game, and I said this with Steph and, you know, and Draymond whatever, you want to try to make that a two-on-two kind of matchup, right? When you're helping from everywhere, that's when you're in trouble. Um, Steph and Jokic do it in different ways, obviously. Both of them, though, I think are, are really tough pick-and-roll guys to defend. And I think the Lakers are going to really try to where, like, AD is the help guy and just blowing up coverages. And then to be able to you, – you can't throw them one coverage. Jokic and Murray have played together long enough. Like, they have continuity that you just can't buy. Like, they've ran so many pick-and-rolls together that they, they know every coverage, they've seen every defense. So I think you have to kind of switch it up. You'll see some switching. I think you'll see some times where LeBron is on Murray and, like, you have AD on Jokic so you can switch it. Or maybe they have Vanderbilt there as well. You're going to try to hedge. And I think they're going to try to force Jokic to take jump shots, make him pop, and have AD has enough athleticism to, like, get out there, put a hand up, and, you know, um, and cover him when he drives. And I think that's the way they're going to start. There's no real good answer. Murray and Jokic are, you know, in a phenomenal pairing. But that's at least how I would do it. I would switch it, switch it up. Sometimes you have to switch, um, which, you know, is trouble when it's Jokic down there. But you just hope, like, if it's LeBron, he can kind of hold his own. Vanderbilt, I think it's a little bit tougher. Um, that's how it started. And, and if Murray's cooking and Jokic is cooking and they're like KCP's going from three, that's when you're destroyed. You kind of have to pick some poisons there. And none of them are great options, but that that's how I'd play it. Swiper, what do you think is the most suicidal way the Lakers could play this? Like, what do you want to see them do defensively, I guess, that um, would get Jokic and Murray to carve them apart? Or get yeah. the most out of your team? Yeah, I don't – I'm. you know, I've been – talking with uh, several people about this lately, I don't think that the Lakers 
should do anything too fancy to start the series off. I think that they should just play straight up, kind of see how the matchup goes. Because the problem is, is especially at home um, with the Nuggets, the way they play, if you give Jokic an opportunity to get everyone else involved, then right. that creates almost like an avalanche, uh, especially, again, like the thing about the Nuggets, they hit you in waves uh, as the game goes on, whether it's the first quarter, the end of the first quarter like they did in Phoenix, the second quarter, but really those third quarters. You know, if the game is a three-point game, seven-point game, they just reach such a ceiling uh, when it comes to their offense, and then their defense is all about, like, pressure, consistency, and connectivity. So if they force turnovers, they're running and they're scoring or they're getting fouled. If they get in half-court sets, they're getting everything coming downhill, so they're getting downhill actions for a layup or a dunk, or they're getting downhill actions to collapse the defense to kick out to two 40-plus percent three-point shooters in, K- in KCP and then MPJ, and obviously AG shooting 38%, I think, in the playoffs right now. Uh, Murray shooting 40%, Jokic shooting 47%. Their, their entire roster is built to be able to be uh, conducive with that kind of uh, sharing the ball style, but it's really built to go work in, out because they want to make sure they're getting as many twos and layups and dunks as possible, as well as having really efficient mid-range. So I I personally just think that the Lakers have to play AD on Jokic. I don't think – I know they, they the idea that's not enthusiastic – like it doesn't make you enthusiastic, but the idea that you put Jared Vanderbilt or LeBron on Joker, like Joker is not a player that like has to get right to the rim to shoot 60-plus sure. percent. He's shooting 61% in, from the mid-range in the playoffs. So if you give him a six-foot floater, I mean, you might as well just be giving him a layup, and he's just going to angle it that way. And then if you give him an opportunity to get a cutter or a backdoor, and then also, too, if you do a two-man game with Vando, D'Lo, Vando, Reese, Vando, whoever, and then you give him an opportunity to get a downhill action or a switch, then he's either going to take advantage of the fact that he has a lob open with AG or he has a floater that he shot 62% from from the regular season. So – yeah, I just think that they just got to find out, you know, AD, hey, like how good can you guard him in the post? How good can you guard when you're away from the basket? And are you getting killed with that? Then if so, then you make a transition, you know, as the series goes on. So I think they should probably try it that way. But, you know, I could be wrong. Let me ask you this, Raj. Do you st- we saw Darvin Ham uh, play Dennis Schroeder a lot more. And did he, mm-hmm. did he end up starting him? So he started just the last game. Just the last since. game. Mm-hmm. Do you, so do you think he's going to go back to Vanderbilt in the starting lineup to start this series? I- I do. I think, you know, Ham's going to start with that and then try to adjust backwards from it. But with Swipe's point right there, I think, like, the Lakers' best defense really is, like, a slowdown-paced offense. Like, they're going to try to make this an ugly slowdown game. You can't let Denver get in transition. I think that's where you also get killed as well. So, like, they're going to try to hunt Jamal Murray. LeBron's going to try to hunt, you know, KCP or whoever, you know, on those screens and hopefully get good offense there and you have to get back. You turn the ball over, you're dead, especially in Denver. You saw this with Phoenix as well. Once they turned the ball over, Denver was able to, to run. And I don't think you're going to stop Jokic from scoring. I don't even think in 2020 we stopped Jokic from scoring. Like, he got to whatever he wanted. There was a play where AD hit that game winner. Obviously, people just forget what happened before that. Jokic was just taking AD right to the post, like, three, four times straight. And he got, like, layups off of it right before AD hit that game-winning three. But um, I don't think you're going to stop there. But, like, I think the wheel is what you have to stop, where the ball moves and they get MPJ, like you talked about, going. You get KCP going. Like, that. to me, that's the stuff where – where you got to stop. And it's similar to me with the Warriors. Like when, when the Warriors won, it was off Steph getting like 14 assists, 10 assists, right? That's when like the Warriors won those games when he gets everyone else going. And I think it's similarly here. Jokic is obviously a much 
he's like him the Denver's a lot better team that that can take advantage of that but like that's where I would go with it and the Lakers you know in the regular season not a lot to take from those matchups but they sent did send to they helped like from they helped off with the shooters that they wanted to take and try to rotation to rotate to that and I think you're gonna see some of that as well but I think Vanderbilt starts they're gonna just try um and see I think like I think they're going to start with AD on Aaron Gordon. That's what I would like predict and try to like trap and double on Jokic. And if that doesn't work, they'll, then they'll switch him over. That's just how I think they'll approach it. Um, but obviously if Jokic is cooking, then you have to kind of adjust your coverages. I, I just think like that's how they'll adjust it to start. So they can at least um, try to keep that Murray and Jokic a two on two game as, as much as they can. You're shaking your head. So you're wondering probably who is going to be guarding Jokic one-on-one then to start the game, right? Vando or LeBron? No, I just, I heard, Jokic is not being guarded by AD and trap. So uh, that means yeah. AD by the basket, and then you're either trapping from the top, you're trapping from the wing, or you're trapping from the baseline. So then that's AG in the baseline, that's MPJ at the at the, at the wing, that's either going to be uh, Jamal or Bruce at the top of the key. You know, that's just like, again, if you don't trap Jokic with size, that's the yeah. problem. You trap him with size. Like AD and Braun, that's a trap. Like that's a real trap. But if you trap him with like Vando and Reeves, oh yeah, you're just cooked. Like it's just because he can see over everybody at that point in time, you know. Well, well, so who do you start on him, Raj? If if not AD, I think they're gonna try to start LeBron. I think look, I think AD is gonna get a ton of possessions on him for sure. I just think like the Lakers' preferred output would be to have AD on Aaron Gordon so he can maneuver and create havoc and then have LeBron try to win these bruising matchups with Jokic rather than LeBron chase around. The, right. the, the the Nuggets do a great job, obviously, of moving, you know, of having all these screen actions where Aaron Gordon gets dunks off of them. They, you know, they screen on the baselines as well. These cross screens, they do a really great job. MPJ and Aaron Gordon, KCP getting loose off that. So, like, there's no there's no right answer. The Nuggets are really freaking good. Like, they, there's no, like, perfect answer then. I think AD is going to get a lot of possessions. I just think to start, like, that's a preferred what they would want. They want Aaron Gordon taking jump shots. You, you listed out. 38% from Aaron Gordon. Lakers are going to let him let it fly. Mm-hmm. They are not going to, uh, you know, care one bit how many he can hit three straight and they're going to still beg him to take those. So I think that's their preferred output. Nuggets make it tough though. I'm just saying like, I think that's how they will start it. LeBron probably on Jokic send help where they can. Um, not a full trap. Obviously you can't fully trap Jokic, but um, I think that's how they start. And if that doesn't work, they'll move AD over to him. I just think that's not a, they don't want him guarding Jokic for the whole game. I think that's a, that's a tough way to put it. Um, to where he can get in foul trouble and, and stuff like that get, gets put out. Well, I think you put Braun in foul trouble, you put on Jokic in isolation, I think is the only point. So so that's what I mean. Like, I think if you over – so here's – this is the thing I've, I've thought about with the Lakers series. I think if the Lakers start overcomplicating their defense, then mm-hmm. you start playing into the hands of the Nuggets. Like, if you just can just play straight sure. up and then you can just execute your game plan. Because And here's the thing about Joker that I think a lot of people are realizing. Joker dictates what happens every single possession. So no matter what you show him, he's going to give you back what he wants you to do. And so I think some of this is if the, they can close off those passes. Matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, bro. I think, I think the Lakers are good enough defensively to get stops playing their base defense. But on the other side, what's more important is that you have to have a better half-court offense over the yeah. course of the series than you had in the playoffs so far. Because that's actually a big deal. If your half-court offense is better, because the Lakers aren't going to create a lot of turnovers, but if your half-court offense is good, D'Lo, Reeves pick and roll, Schroeder pick and roll, LeBron pick and roll, but even not the initial pick and roll to go downhill, but are you able to get those cutters? you got shooters yeah. based in the corner, which is why Bando has to get off the court in the second half, put Rui Yachimura there, or put Schroeder in, and go small ball with three guards, like, 
I think I think putting as many mobile players on the court as possible. That way you can hit the rotation, rotation, rotate, rotation, open three to somebody you want to get the ball to, you know. Right. And one more point about that. The only reason also that they wouldn't want to do that, just obviously, again, like I think Jokic would score. It's just they don't want AD that far from the paint every time as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So every time that AD, if AD is on Jokic, they're going to bring him up to set the ball screen. This is what the Warriors did as well. And it put us in a lot of trouble because that just leaves LeBron or Vanderbilt at the rim. That's not a lot of rim protection there. And also with the rebounding as well, the Lakers got killed when AD would come up, which is why like they would try to hide him on GP2. Right. Or like they or, or on Wiggins, who isn't as much of a dynamic roller as like Draymond is. So they would like put. They would let they, they would have Draymond come to the screen, have LeBron on Draymond, so like AD can at least still move around and protect the paint. And I think that's their preferred output that they would try to do, um, just to at least start the game. And maybe that's not, you know, that that doesn't work. Like, uh, like that's not you know sustainable. But I think that's their preferred way of playing. And I think that's how they're going to start. And they did that through the last mm -hmm. two series. They had AD on Xavier Tillman, right? So you didn't want AD on Jaron Jackson Jr. the whole time. You have AD on Xavier Tillman so he can maneuver around and protect the paint. And then obviously against the Warriors, you had GP2, Andrew Wiggins, um, Jermichael Green, et cetera. That's who they had AD kind of sitting on. So he can do what he's best at, which is blowing up coverages his iq being able to read screens and stuff like that you have him on Jokic. he's a part of every action at the top of the key and that forces him to switch on jamal murray then you have Jokic down low with zero with no help so i think i think that's where they start with this do you uh can it, it's okay if i ask a question down i'm sorry um raj for you do you feel like because if i it sounds like do you feel like the lakers are having to make like a lot of initial adjustments to get ready for the series I don't know if it's a lot. I mean, this is the conference final, so you're going to have to make adjustments mm -hmm. as it goes. I do think, though, that's how they've tried to play, though. They've tried to keep AD mm -hmm. away from the primary post-offensive scorer, and Jokic is in another tier than the guys they've played, for sure. They just try to keep him out where he can be the help guy so that, you know, when D'Lo gets beat, when Austin Reeves gets beat, right, like you have help there. Right. Um, and I think that's a lot also to ask LeBron to be the help guy at 38. Like, that's just not what he really wants to do. Um, so I don't think that's like a crazy adjustment. And again, the, as the game flows, you have, you know, cross matches, right. you have stuff. AD is going to guard Nikola Jokic. I'm not saying that he's going to run away from him, right? Like, I, I think those two are going to be part of the action. They're the two big men. They're going to guard each other. I just think that the preference that the Lakers would want um, primarily is put, put him on Aaron Gordon and see how it works. But right. yeah, I, I think that's the adjustment. Not adjustment. I think this is how they start to start the series. Mm -hmm. Raj, you talked about guarding the pick and rolls two on two as best you can without overhelping. Um, how much of that is, you know, the actual guy at the point of attack, like your guard staying in front so AD doesn't have to totally leave Jokic? Because as I said earlier, like once Jokic gets the ball in the four on threes, then you're screwed. Yeah. Um, what do you think about like Dennis Schroeder, for example? I think if you talk about the 2020 team, you guys had these pesky like guards like Caruso, KCP, even Danny Green, who was no slouch defensively. Now it's really like, AD really anchors the defense, as you said, and you have some some bigger wings like LeBron Vanderbilt. But Dennis Schroeder has kind of been that irritant. Um, like he he did a yeah. much better job on Curry than Vando. How much do you think he can bother Jamal Murray? Because the thing about Jamal Murray is, man, in these playoffs, he takes his game to another level, and he's been really great so far. If he gets going, then uh, you're in real trouble. Yeah, that's that's the conundrum that you're in. Like Jamal Murray is tough. He's crafty as hell. He has every little mid range shot. You think you're right there, and he still drills pull ups over you when you when you think it's contested. And I think they're gonna try a bunch of try a bunch of guards on him. Vanderbilt might get a you know a possession on him. And we we threw Vanderbilt on like John Morant on um, Steph last series, and I think he's gonna get a a take at Jamal Murray as well. And I think that's how they'll start it. 
the Vandal AD defensive pairing, we don't really think of pairings in terms of defensive guys, but I think like them two as a pairing have been really good. They read each other pretty well. AD has a really good sense of like, if the guy got beat, if he's not chasing correctly, AD will be higher up. If he did chase correctly, AD will step back a little bit and understand that he's giving enough back pressure. So those two, I think, read it pretty well. But again, Jamal Murray, another guy, you can't just give a steady diet of anything. Those two, again, the, the pick and roll combination, they've seen every single coverage. They know how to work it. He has every pass to Jokic. Jokic has every pass to Murray. But I think putting size on him is extremely important. I don't like. I think he'll cook. Um, Dennis Schroeder, you know, he's he's a really good defender. He'll chase around, but Jamal Murray, I think, can just get shots over him. Austin Reeves as well. I think they're going to try to hide him on somewhere, uh, try to put him on somewhere else. D'Lo, we'll see who he guards, but I think Vando is probably the guy that they put on him to start and and see where that goes. But I, I, I like I think them two are fine as a coverage. It's everything else working around that the Nuggets make you defend a bunch of motion, a bunch of screen, a bunch of cross screens. That's stuff that worries me. The switches on those, um, Aaron Gordon getting dunks, MPJ cutting to the basket. That's the stuff you gotta you gotta hold off because I think Murray and Jokic are gonna get their baskets regardless. Yeah, that's the one thing I love watching about the Nuggets, man. They're one of those teams that really move without the ball, and I mm. love that. I love that because so many teams can be very stagnant and just heavy pick and roll, but they they give you so much with like Jokic in the high post and as, all the things you mentioned. But yeah, it sounds like you think it's gonna be a little bit more of a Vando series, and I actually agree with your point. Like Jamal Murray is good at just shooting over the top of these smaller guards, and he can even post up smaller guards too which is why I like him a lot. but uh, yeah. I hope it's a Vando series. I would love that. Because <laughs> you can't shoot the think, ball? Yeah, the Nuggets would love that, I think, too. Then I, I think Rui's going to have to play some minutes here. Because yeah. what I'll say is that the Suns tried that. They tried to play Josh Okoge for defense. But the Nuggets were literally on the other side playing four and five. And then eventually they were like, well, they're scoring anyway. We just need to score. Yeah. And so I think that at some point, that's when they put uh, Landry Shaman in the starting lineup for that. And then so I think Rui or Schroeder, by game three, I would say maybe might be in the starting lineup, but I think that actually is better because the more you make them work on the other end, then the more you can like Steve, you can get like a lot of open possessions or you can try to tire them out as well. Let me ask you this, Swipe. Oh, you got any response there? Oh, I was going to say, I think it's going to be a quick hook for sure. I think Rui and Vando, Darvin Ham doesn't like to play them together. So he won't play mm -hmm. Ham. He won't play uh, Vando and Rui together. So he has it. He's like, I've been really surprised at Darvin Ham. He's got a lot of criticism, criticism this year. He's coached a hell of a playoff series before. And he has a really good sense of who to play on uh, on either of those guys. And yeah, Rui's going to have to hit jump shots. Vando takes corner threes. I hate mm -hmm. every single one that he takes, but like, they just like, they, that's low energy offense for the Lakers, right? LeBron doesn't have to do anything. AD doesn't have to do anything. That Vando open three is going to be there every time. And he takes a few. And look, I don't like that. I think that's bad process, but it's like low energy, you know, low, you know, they don't have to do too much to get that open. So I understand it. I just like, I think Rui and, and Vando are, are good compliments to the stars in different ways. And I think mm -hmm. Darvin Ham will, you know, find a way to do it. But you're right. You're, they're going to play off him, just like uh, Aaron Gordon or, or um, Dennis Schroeder as well, going to get wide open shots. Let's ask some questions for the Denver side defensively. You guys have been – that's been the biggest knock on the Nuggets all season is that people don't trust your defense. Now, I've been saying since the beginning of the season that the numbers early in the year, like the defensive rating, didn't match up with my eye test. I thought they were always a better defensive team than advertised. Um, as a Clipper fan, I, I really know the best of the Nuggets because they give us the business. But um, these, these playoffs, they've shown a propensity to be a solid defensive team. But playing against a guy like LeBron James, who is like a pick-and-roll god, and then you have D'Lo and Reeves, who have been really solid in pick-and-roll. Um, what do you think about your defense and how it can hold up against this level of competition? And then also, Jokic in the pick-and-roll. I know you, I want you to you know talk about this because everybody talks about that with Jokic. Can he, find, can he defend well enough in the pick-and-roll so that you know, he can get over the hump and lead the team to a championship now that he has the help alongside him? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis is uh, great as a vertical spacer. I think that's probably going to be the most challenging thing because that's what Rudy Gobert um, does really well. Um, or even Anthony Davis, that dump off that at three to 10 foot area where he's shooting 54.5% through the playoffs so far. So, yeah, for sure. Um, the Nuggets have had uh, an elite defense in the playoffs. I mean, they have, they hounded the Suns, they hounded the Wolves. Obviously, the Suns were, had two colossal games from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in three and four. Uh, but without that, you know, they didn't really have a lot going. But the, the Nuggets are really tight on rotation. They play on a string. Um, so a lot of this is just going to be like you got D'Lo, Reeves, and then you have Schroeder and LeBron at pick and roll ball handlers. And so if the initial action doesn't work, all right, kick it out to the other one. See if you can get reset with another pick and roll opportunity with Joker or whoever else it is. And then you got to do the same thing, but on the other side of the court. And so a lot of this is just going to be being disciplined. The, the good thing about LeBron well, not for you, but the thing about LeBron now that he's 38, he doesn't have the ability to turn a corner like he used to or be as explosive. So not consistently, not consistently. So that's the thing that's different. Like 2020, you know, you try to play up at LeBron, like, you know, LeBron is just, you know, he's getting by with power, he's getting by with speed or whatever else it might be. So a lot of this is going to be containing the ball handlers at the level more than likely. Um, and then playing really good defense in the backside rotations. And so a, that way, um, AD's going to run into maybe Murray at the backside corner or maybe Michael Porter Jr. at the backside corner, and then they're going to kind of play it that way. And they're going to try to allow AD not to get set too deeply. And, again, that's when you're going to have that Vando equation because LeBron or Rui or Schroeder or D'Lo, they're going to have – they're going to see – they're going to see the open corner open because the Nuggets are going to show them that corner. But then they're going to X out from the wing down and then back up top back up to the wing. So they just got to be really tight on these rotations. And then when they do try to do a show and go and get to the rim, have to have really good body position as well. Jokic has to use his size well. Again, he's not a shot blocker, but he's a big body that can move and it's really handsy. So, you know, and he's not going to let AD just muscle him because he's not, you know, AD's not as big as him. But AD's able to get to a spot and shoot over him because he's, you know, he's an alien. So, you know, you just want to try to contain AD not getting too deep. And then also on the other side of this, not allowing a lot of penetration. And if you do allow penetration with the L.A. Lakers, you want to stop them at the mid-range area. That way they take a contested two because you don't want them. It's just having a layup line. So Jokic has been really good in the pick and roll in the playoffs, y'all. Like, he's been excellent. Like, and again, you know, that's mostly because of KTP, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, and Aaron Gordon and the backside help that they have. So they have to do really, really, really well at those things because you have – LeBron, Ramon, James on the other side of the court. And I always have a healthy fear of him in any playoff setting. Yeah, Jokic is – I mean, against the Kawhi Clippers, or like in the bubble, he does a really good job hedging the screens and coming out. And usually when it's on the sideline, you guys do a good job of pressuring that ball handler. And then MPJ or Aaron Gordon in the bubble was Jeremy Grant. Did a really good job taking that first pass away in rotation. Or at least when it's there – when the pass got there, they were right there ready to rotate and at least not get him an easy layup or a floater. But, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see that defensively. I'm interested to see how LeBron tries to target certain guys. How about Murray defensively? He's been decent in the playoffs so far. Do you have any fear that he could be targeted? I mean, they're going to they're gonna try to switch on him. The You know, Murray is 6'4". LeBron's going to target him. But, you know, at the end of the day, bro, you kind of – so the Nuggets are tendency trappers. So, like, what do I mean by that? They don't trap initially. What they do is they trap based on your dribble. So Kevin Durant has this thing where he wants to get it like a motion. He wants to like face up with you here, here. He wants to dribble to a spot and pull up. 
So with LeBron, they're going to be aware of, okay, if LeBron trying to get to the cup here, if you try to go baseline and spin back inside off that left shoulder, trap comes after spin comes and try to get the ball out of his hand type deal or AG or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to look for Jamal, but that's just because Jamal is the weakest link uh, on the defensive with defensively for them. Cause Michael Porter jr. Is, you know, a lot of people are aware, but like, he's been pretty good. Like, you know, mostly help side, but you know, when you have a six foot 10 athlete, it's kind of hard to score on them consistently. So I think they're definitely going to look for Jamal, but in clutch situations, I do think they're not going to give up the switch as easily as they were giving it up with Steph Curry and the Warriors. You know, that was just dumb. Um, so yeah, I do think that Jamal definitely is going to have to have his big boy pants on. That that was gonna be that was gonna be my question to you. How much will the will the Nuggets switch? I guess I think the Lakers guards, at least from what Phoenix was doing, they had like Landry Shamit right screening, and those guys just can't Shamit and Okogi or whoever just cannot create off the dribble. Look, the Lakers have been getting pretty good looks where like D'Lo and Austin are the screener, and once they're in that like four on three action, because like once you hedge and they have a little bit of an advantage, those dudes can shoot off the dribble, then get to the rack. But I think to me this is. LeBron and AD pick and roll has been kind of, you know, thrown everywhere. The Lakers don't run it as much as people think because most teams can switch it. But the the Nuggets, I think, are one team that don't want to switch that. So mm-hmm. the LeBron and AD side pick, empty side pick and roll, that's really hurt the Nuggets. I think even in 2020, that's something the Lakers mm-hmm. went to a ton. Um, how would the Nuggets, I guess, cover that this series? Because I don't think they want to switch Jokic onto LeBron. LeBron, even with, you know, the age and stuff like that, he can attack him in space. Even in the regular season, I thought he did a good job of that. But I guess, like, how much would they switch those actions or they're kind of just trying to hedge and get get help on the backside on, on those? Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, it's playoff. If you switch, just stay stand six feet back and see if LeBron can get his 26% uh, three-point shooting percentage up. Uh, if Jokic gets switched on that action, because, you know, at that point, don't let him get to the rim because that's a way easier shot for him. But, yeah, I mean, they're really going to have to play that well if they do see that again, which they will. Um, and a lot of that's just going to be getting over the top. But a lot of that's going to be yeah. a rotation because when they're in that empty side, at that point, if it's AG on Braun, they're probably going to bring MPJ or Bruce Brown or whoever else it is on the other side into the middle of the paint. That way, if you, they do trap then AD at least sees a body, and then they're going to make AD throw the ball to the baseline or throw the ball to the wing. And at that point, everything's a scramble. But the easiest right. shot the Lakers could get is either LeBron to the rim or AD on the roll, and they're just going to going middle, not going right? to concede that roll. Right. LeBron going middle. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're going to get it every so often. You know, Jokic is still, you know, like slow-footed, so they're still going to find that option. It's just not allowing it a lot. I mean, Booker even beat him around the corner a couple of times, but most times, like, you know, so I say 85% of the time, 90% of the time, they were able to contain it with a good hedge. Yeah, and I think, as you said, whenever I see Michael Porter Jr. like locked in on those rotations, like quick on him, it makes a huge difference for your defense. Like it just looks sharp and you look like you have a lot of length out there between him and Aaron Gordon. I also wanted to ask, you said Aaron Gordon on LeBron. I think that's like you couldn't throw a better body at him right now than that. But then Anthony Davis, he's been a little bit more aggressive this postseason, um, one-on-one. So are you throwing Jokic on an AD? Because that's one thing I, when the Lakers don't just go to AD as a pick, like a pick and roll, like just roller, and they actually throw right. on the ball. That's when he gets. I like when he gets aggressive, um, and then puts other teams in foul trouble. Uh, so, do you think Jokic is going to be put on him? Yeah, yeah, and Jokic will not foul. So, if AD gets close enough to the basket, he's going to get a dunker a layup. So, a lot of that because Jokic knows that he has, he probably has the most valuable foul in the NBA. Like he's not going to foul him. So, I think a lot of this is Jokic just going to be trying to get AD to either stay hit a tough contested mid range two. Or, again, the Nuggets are going to be showing in the first place. So as soon as AD goes into action, 
They'll probably try to collapse on him and see if they can get the ball out of his hands. I mean, more than likely, those are going to be your two options, I would think, with Jokic guarding him. Yeah, yeah that, that's that, that, that's uh, that was going to ask about that too because I think you know AD doesn't like when he holds it. That's when he gets in trouble. But he's done a good job these playoffs going really quick with it. The Lakers run some really nice actions where if Jokic mm-hmm. is on AD, they they do a they run this pin down for AD on the corner, and that gets like a lot of big stuff. It got Kevin Kevon Looney had a really tough time guarding that as well, and that's where he can get downhill. And part of the Lakers game plan, and obviously the referees was you know attacked a lot in the in in the Warriors series. It was. You know Steve Kerr talking about it, but the Lakers' game plan is to get to the line. Like that's part mm-hmm. that's baked into what they do. I know you said Jokic doesn't foul, but AD does a really nice job of getting body contact and getting to the line. Him and you know he lives at the line where the Lakers are are humming. Um, LeBron hasn't got there as much, but Austin Reeves as well does a good job getting contact, and that's part of what they do. So I think that's a big part of the series as well. Who can who is in foul trouble? I guess like if AD has two fouls, the Lakers will be in trouble um, and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, like I think you know, AD scoring on Jokic if, if they leave him single coverage, I think is is important as well. Yeah, the one I, I think I like how you mentioned the the actions that you guys have been running for AD this year. When you get him on the move and even in the half court, mm-hmm. it's been a lot easier for him. And now he's taking less threes too, and I think it's just so much better um, for his game. But before as we close out, let me ask you guys this: Who's like an X factor for your team where you think if this guy plays well, it just increases your chances of winning so much and you're going to need him to play well in this series. And it can't be your duo. Um, who would you go with swipe it first? Uh, relative to uh, his value, probably Aaron Gordon. Um, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. to given, but if AG is able to do what he did to Kevin Durant, when he held him up 36% from the field on like 80 attempts, um, I think Kevin Durant's better than LeBron at this point in time in his career. It's just that LeBron has offered different options to Kevin Durant. KD averaged 31, 11, and 5, but he was mad and efficient. Yeah. So if you can hold LeBron to being inefficient, then, you know, that's a win. So I think he's probably going to be the most important because he's going to be your biggest defensive chess piece. But if he's able to hit his shots, as he's done in the playoff, and hit his free throws, which has been huge, then I think that's probably going to be one of the big differences right there. Yeah, one thing, too, is AD's mid-range in the playoffs has been pretty good. I feel like it's a lot mm-hmm. of it's dictated in terms of if he's got his mid-range Please going. don't shoot. Please don't shoot mid-range shots, Aaron Gordon. Please. What about you, Raj, about your X Factor? I mean, I feel like it's D'Angelo Russell, but I don't know. You might have a different one. Well, yeah, so, like, uh, AD's actually at 51% on mid-range. They're on this really low, you know, volume so far, so he doesn't mm-hmm. take too many. But I, I do think it opens up when he has, like, the pick and pop. It opens up, like, the volume for him. But, yeah, for me, it's D-Lo. It's weird saying this, but, like, I know what I'm getting out of Austin Reeves. Like, I feel like Austin Reeves, LeBron, and AD, I kind of know what I'm getting out of those three. Dennis Shooter's going to come and play hard. But, but to me, it's D'Angelo Russell. When he scores over, like, 17 points, I think we're, you know, we've won a ton of games in the playoffs. Um, And his ability to hit shots, he scores in, like, in like uh, waves as well. Like he doesn't have like a game, like a consistent game. He'll have like, like a quarter where he scores 12 and then he just won't do anything for a long time. I think he has to make number one, make Jamal Murray work if he's on him. And then he has to like score off of pick and rolls and just be a threat so that it keeps the integrity of, you know, our offense uh, when he's going and he's aggressive and LeBron doesn't have to create every time. So to me, it's D'Angelo Russell. If he can have a good series, I think the Lakers have a good shot. Um, he doesn't have to score 30 every game, but like a 17, 18 for him, it just, it really helps our margins and our floor, uh, when he's going and, um, he's going to get shots to me that I think the nuggets are going to be, are going to try to take away the paint. And I think you're going to get baskets for him for Austin Reeves. Um, so yeah, D'Lo has to have a big game. I, it's funny. You said Aaron Gordon, cause I'm terrified of MPJ actually like, yeah, as a shooter. I remember in 2020, like there was nothing like he would, he would hit like contested threes that like, 
I felt like we had a hand in his face and he still drilled those. And obviously the ability to get to the basket as well. I, he's the guy for me on Denver that I, that I worry about. But uh, yeah, for the Lakers, I think D'Angelo Russell um, is, my, is my expert. There's something about the timeliness of some of MPJ's threes that like Man. are so backbreaking. Oh my god, I hate it. But yeah, that's who I would probably choose if I was a Laker fan that I'd be a little scared of and try to hopefully prevent from going off as MPJ. As we close out, swipe. I want to ask you a question. Um, so there are a lot of stands on Twitter. You're an actual fan, but of all the actual local fans of their teams I follow, I don't know if one person seems to like their superstar player the way you do. I want to ask you about Jokic. What he means to the Denver community. He's now really the best nugget of all time with all due respect to Skywalker, Dan Issel, Dikembe Mutombo, Alex English, Mello, and all of them. But it really seems like Jokic, he has a chance to do something really special. This is the first time where I think it would kind of be a disappointment if the Nuggets really didn't win the championship. You've never been the first seed. Um, I really think – I've been saying since December that the Nuggets are going to the finals. they got to go to the finals. Jokic has his help back. Um, just talk to me about Jokic. Uh, and what he means and just his legend and everything like that. Yeah, I think the difference is Raj has had Magic, Kareem, then go back <laughs> even further than that, obviously, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. Then he had Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and then he's had LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, he has 10. I think the Lakers might have 10 players uh, in the NBA top 75. The Nuggets have zero, and the person that has the best case is Joker. Uh, the Nuggets have never had an MVP. They've never had a player be first-team All-NBA this many times, make All-NBA this many times. Um, so there's, English, there's, English got snubbed, by the way. I, I personally think yeah, anybody that leads a decade in points should be on there, but continue. Well, that just goes to show you how the NBA has told the Nuggets story. So I think this is what I mean. This is the first time the NBA has had to reconcile with the fact that on any given night, in any given series, the Nuggets have the best player. And so I think that's probably why. I think it's just he's from Sambor, Serbia, 41st overall pick. He was just just goofy kid that was funny, that was extremely skilled. And all of a sudden, he's turned into like this savant that is probably going to end his career with Jordan, Magic, Steph, and maybe him and Nash or Bird um, and well, LeBron as the greatest offensive players of all time. And he's just – it's out of nowhere. Like it came out of – not – you saw it, but it came out of nowhere. And then, you know, as George Carl said, if he wins championships and keeps winning MVP, he could be a top 10, 15 player of all time. So – that's just not something the Nuggets have ever had. So the Lakers fans, you know, they can stand, you know, fans at least can talk about, oh, we got LeBron, we got AD, we got Kobe, we got Magic, we got Kareem, we got all these players. You know, they're spoiled. You know, they they just they've had the the Can't collection complain. of talent, right? You know, so I think that's probably the biggest difference. You know, uh, even you had Corey Maggette, Don. <laughs> that a, I hope that was a joke. You know, I love Corey <laughs> but um. Raj, let me ask you to close out. Give me your series prediction. And, um, yeah, how much this means that really, you know, to start 2-10 and 10, and now you're this close to the finals. I mean, beating the Denver Nuggets, that's that's par for the course in some previous Laker championships. <laughs> exactly. It, it was funny. I was um, Somebody posted Carmelo Anthony's numbers from that 2009 series. And, like, as a fan, you don't remember it because I remember him killing us. And then, like, the shooting numbers were nowhere near what I thought they were. I was like, man, he was bullying us. Those first us. two games, man, they stuck in our brains oh, so much. That's what it was. Chauncey Billups, man, I hated that. You know, Ryan Anderson off the bench. Like, that was a hell series for me as well. Chris Kobe Anderson. Had to go there. Uh, Chris Anderson, sorry. Uh, Chris Anderson getting uh, getting blocked and stuff like that. And Kobe having to go win a game six, you know, over there. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think this is going to be a tough series. I have, you know – I go back and forth between like just being grateful to be here. Like I watched the hell for the last two years, Russell Westbrook 
you don't have to get into like what happened. I'm happy for you, Don, that he's balling for y'all team. Well, he did ball for your guys' team, but I had a completely different experience with Russell Westbrook in terms of like the basketball fit. Um, and just to like go start from two for ten, two and ten, be the 13th seed at the end of February, and like to make it to here is crazy. I have Lakers in six. Um, I think you know, but I think Denver can easily win this as well. I just like that's that's where I would put this at. Um, I, I think the Warriors were a nice test for us in terms of like guarding a ton of actions being having to be locked in for 20 24 seconds every single defensive possession i think this team again is building um and trying to figure itself out and i think lebron smells not the finish line but he smells like the blood enough of a title um that i just can't see him you know going out sad if that's a that's a way to put it so uh why would he go all sad well like i mean just the way it's been talked i feel like people think he won't show up and i think he's gonna have a good series i i think this is more of a series where he can kind of pick his matchups in a way that where he couldn't before so um I, we'll see i, I think 80 has been so good defensively as well and if he can at least like neutralize enough Jokic, i think gives us gives us a shot but i'm gonna stick with lakers and six uh, but i'm super high on this denver team as well i think it's gonna be a bloodbath of a series and the lakers need to steal one of these first two to have a yeah. chance in my opinion. I was going to say that, man. It's such a tough place to play Denver uh, historically, but even, especially this year with their team. Lakers have done a great job of getting one of those, getting that first game in both series and then taking care of home court. Still, Both teams are still undefeated at home. Yeah, um, It could end in this series, but maybe not. Maybe it's the Nuggets in seven and every team wins at home. So I got the Nuggets in seven. I just Ooh. have to stick with my guns that the Nuggets are going to go to the finals. I've been saying it since December, so I'm going to stick with it. Swipe a man. You tell me this is – an, an amazing opportunity here. I, I talked about you with you in the DMs, but this feels like it's like in the stars, man. Like you guys finally to get to a championship and you got to be the boogeyman team that's always gotten in your way. I mean, how would this feel to get all the way? And, and let me know how much you trust Jamal Murray uh, to be that second option because I know it's going to be a big series for him. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Murray always shows up. Uh, I think that's the thing. I've never complained about him. You know, he'll struggle consistency and game-by-game basis from time to time. But, you know, he's been fairly good in the clutch. Yeah, I mean, it, it just is a part of the process. I think that, you know, when, you, when you're when you ascending as a player and as a team, you have to take down kind of the old guard or the people that are a part of your counterparts. In the first round, you remember Carl Anthony Towns was considered better than Joker in 2017-18. Rudy Gobert as well. Like, so took them down. Uh, and then Kevin Durant, the legacy, like there's no way that Jokic is beating Kevin Durant in a playoff series, averages 34.5, 12.8, 10 on 50, 44, 83 splits. And then now you're getting a chance to play against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And once again, it can't be done. There's no way Jokic of all people should be able to take down two legacy players and a legacy franchise like that. But uh, again, that's all narratives uh, on the basketball court. The Nuggets have been the most impressive team in the playoffs, and they do have the best player. They have the most cohesive cohesive team, but they've also reached the highest ceiling. But now it's just about execution, and it's LeBron James' experience plus the execution that you have to counteract. But I do think the Nuggets win this series. I think, but again, traditionally, uh, the best team with the best player typically wins, and you know, that's why I have the Nuggets in six, but you know, I do think that LeBron James, I don't think he's going to go out sad. I think it's just a matter of like, if sometimes the better team and the better players on the other side of the court, it's just, there's really nothing you can do about it. I don't think Devin Booker went out sad. All right. Sure. Down 30 in game six, I'm sure, but he averaged 30 points a game. Katie averaged 30 points a game. Just sometimes like the other team, which is better. So that's my prediction. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens from there. 
first time. Winner, winner should be able to get KCP. Like, I want KCP back. You know, winner should be able to keep, you know, right. KCP. Yeah, big yeah, series. Shout out to KCP. Right. Big series for him. I've also been very impressed with Bruce Brown and Christian Brown. Scrappy guards off the bench and have been really good in transition. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be so fun. Nuggets finally are the higher seed for the first time. So, big time for them. That's what you get for taking the regular season super seriously. Um, Raj, let people know where they can find you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Yeah, man, this was really fun. Uh, yeah, on Twitter at you know Raj Chapalu, uh, we do the playbacks as well, all access Lakers every game, um, and then for Blue Wire we do the Lakers Lounge as well, um, post game shows. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was a lot of fun, man. I think it's gonna be a really fun, exciting back and forth series. A lot of tech, very um, a lot of tacticians here, being able to go back and forth with the coaches. So um, I think this is gonna be fun. Yes, sir. Swipe and let them know where they can find you, even though a lot of people are here for you. And also, I wanted to ask a random question. Every single time I do a Nuggets episode on Locked On Clippers, I get all these Serbians in my comments. How much of your following are Serbians? Uh, probably fifty percent, as they should hey. be. Shout out to Belgrade, yeah, for real. Probably fifty yeah. percent. Yeah, you can follow me at Swipe Cam on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok, and then obviously my YouTube channel. Just swipe a cam as well. You can also follow, which is also streaming on Mile High Sports. Make sure you subscribe and you follow Mile High Sports with all the great content we're putting out together. So, yeah, can't wait. It's going to be a great, great Tuesday tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to my channel as well, Dime Dropper, for all things L.A. sports, L.A. basketball, and NBA history and NBA. I go live every single night of the playoffs post-game. Um, shout out to Serbia, Branislav Ivanovic, greatest Chelsea right back of all time. Peace, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow night after the game. I don't want to say go Nuggets or go Lakers. I'm just going to say I hope for a great <laughs> series. Peace. <laughs>